I'm Caddy. And I'm Teffer. Welcome to Yeah, a show where we talk about young adult lit and what it can teach us at any age. This is our book club, and you're invited. Yeah! yeah! Today we are talking about a book that is not a literary classic of uh, young adult literature. So um, what I have come to call Bummer September is done and over with. And welcome to October, a spookier month. Dun, dun, dun. I love that. Um, So to get us started, um, this month we're each going to be picking a book uh, that is spooky uh, in one way or another, and uh, I get to start. Ha ha. Mm -hmm. Um, So this week we're reviewing Slay by Brittany Morris, which just came out last month, uh, I think mid-September 2019, and it is super fun. So this is a book it's the story about Kira a high schooler in the U.S. who leads a double life Um, during the day she is I think she's a senior at a prep school where she is like the only I think she's the only black girl in her class and then um, at night or anyways outside of school she is Emerald um, the queen I guess of a video game called an online video game called Slay um, which is exclusively for black people and gives them an opportunity to sort of be themselves in a safe internet space. Throughout the story, there's uh, there's a murder, and I'm not going to spoil this book because I think it just came out, and I think it's important that uh, folks read it. So there's a murder at some point that is connected to the video game, and that kind of leads us through this like rabbit hole of like a whodunit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a ton of social issues that are brought to the forefront so a lot of folks are bringing up the fact that like hey this video game has led to someone dying it is because uh gangs and thugs and all sorts of bad connotations that are associated to the black the black community and um there's a i guess neo-nazi that starts threatening them uh on that starts threatening uh kira or slash emerald on uh the game platform and uh it all resolves in a way that um made my spine tingle a little bit. Um, so as you can imagine, I really like this book. Taffer, how'd you feel about it? I, I also really like this book. So I, like, because it's just come out, I hadn't really heard about it. I had seen a little bit of, um, like, Nick Stone had promoted it a little bit, and since I follow her fangirlishly, I had seen a little bit about it, but I'd kind of forgotten about it. Caddy brought it up, and I looked it up, and I was like, whoa! Yeah, big shout out to Nick yeah. Stone, um, <laughs> because... We love Nick Stone. We love Nick Stone. Um, But yeah, big shout out to Brittany Morris for writing this thing. Yeah. It's it's a fun read. I'd seen it on a few lists of like books to look out for this fall and like just general book lists uh, for the season. And it was nice to see the addition of a, a young adult book, but also a young adult book that stars a... Um, young black woman who is heavily involved in STEM. Um, Hello. Yeah. That's something we don't get to see very often. 
and where it's not out of the ordinary also. Um, so I think that that's something that's uh, that's pretty great. Like she's bright, she's brilliant, she's recognized as being smart in her community, and it's quite lovely. Also, I have to say the cover of this book. Oh, wow, yeah is so eye-catching it's like there's a lot of pink we see a portrait of kira on it like big curly natural hair wearing the glasses like you just you want to jump in it really it's really really a beautiful cover it's it's an aesthetically pleasing book overall like the hardcover under the dust cover is this hot pink that just kind of just kind of gives you a little pop a little detail um I love that it's all like pinks and purples uh, because I think sometimes when we get books that are like, and she's not like the other girls because she's smart. They're always like, and I hate pink because I'm not like the other girls. And I just, I just like, in every aspect, this book just defies kind of tropes and expectations. Um, all the way to the yeah, end. All the way to the end. <laughs> all the way to the end. It's so good. It's it's fun. I think I, I really loved. Okay, so. I really love the characters. I think there's some really strong character work here. And um, I, I think it's important also to note that this is Brittany Morris's debut novel. That is astonishing. This is an astonishing debut. It's yeah. so awesome. Yeah. Um, and her background is in computer engineering. Like, it's just like... Hello, badasses in STEM. Stunning. Yes. 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 Um, So the characters are great. Kira is, what a badass. She's very strong. But not just strong in that stereotypical kind of like strong black woman way where like she just holds down the fort. She's not afraid of expressing herself. And she comes from a family that I find really interesting as well because it's a family that's united. Um, and it's a family that prides itself on certain standards, which can be seen as elitist. But to be honest, I very much recognized my family, um, like a very educated family sort of uh, in that in that sense. Um, there's her sister, Steph, who is also super interesting. And Steph and Kira sort of are a, a bit at odds and they seem to represent varying you know, elements of, of the black community, which is really neat. Steph is a little more tightly wound, one would say. Is yeah. that an appropriate? I I mean, I think there's a fun scene towards the end where like Steph and Kira kind of recognize that they have very similar ideas, really, just very different ways of expressing them. Yes. So Steph is the more outspoken. Steph is the one who really likes to talk. She likes yep. to argue. Yep. Yeah, she likes to argue. She likes to debate. Yes. And there's even a point where, like, there's a this badgery little boy who, like, wants to interview Kira about the exclusively black experience yes. as one of the only two black people, black women at our <laughs> school. And it's like, Kira's like, yeah, he doesn't want to talk. He doesn't want to interview Steph because Steph is a master debater. Absolutely. Um, I think if you watch um, if you watch Dear White People, which I highly recommend mm-hmm. to everyone, um, I think Steph is like an interesting cross between like Coco and also, uh, oh my God. Sam? I'm bl- Sam, thank yeah. you. Oh, ooh. yeah. I think I was about to lose my black card there. Um, yeah, so uh, very argumentative, very... Uh, holds firm in her positions yeah. uh, and it's nice because this is a political book mm-hmm. and um, yeah I just want to finish talking about character characters for a sec then there's Malcolm 
let's talk about Malcolm for a minute. Malcolm is uh, Kiara's boyfriend. And he is, um, I think Hotep is a great way of describing him. Um, Very much of that, like, I'm informing myself and I'm pro-black, anti-white, and I am working to dismantle the system by any means necessary. And um, he's, he's an interesting character through and through. And I like that his relationship with uh, with Kiera is complex, but not. It's a pretty realistic relationship. Yeah. She calls him out on stuff. Um, he calls her out on stuff as well. He's very adamant about wanting her to be herself at all times and to, you know, to to, to constantly be his black queen, which is, you know, a, a, a term that makes me giggle because I get it. Like, there is this desire to elevate uh black women within certain circles of uh, very, I guess, of highly intellectual black men. Uh, But there's still this misogynistic side to it as well, which is very complicated. Um, Yeah. And and Malcolm brings up like, I mean, some very interesting topics uh, Mm -hmm. throughout the book and, you know, gives us a good glimpse into some toxic masculinity. That's the thing. I think what I what I find really compelling about Malcolm's character I only learned the term hotep from dear white people. So I'm like, I'm not going to touch that because that's not something I know about. Um, But I think what's really compelling about his character is that he is complex. There are good things about him, but he's also a very well-written, typical kind of toxic masculinity controlling guy. And I do think it's... um, just kind of it's kind of a, a, a fresh take I feel like he's a character I haven't seen before um, a lot of the time when you're reading YA characters necessarily fall into tropes and I feel like the controlling boyfriend doesn't look like Malcolm a lot of the time a lot of the time well for one thing I mean that might just be the lack of privilege because a lot of the time we see the controlling boyfriends be like privileged white boys um, agreed yeah <laughs> and just kind of writing that character into a new context is so like new and refreshing and really interesting uh and and Kira has a lot of compassion for Malcolm even after they break up I love just seeing again and again that she understands kind of where his fears come from and what he's reacting to and you know he has a really negative response to video games because he has strong negative personal memories of video games yes and and she kind of sees that when other people don't um you know Steph hates Malcolm they don't get along and and I feel like the difference between those characters is that Kira is always like well I see the little boy you know because they've been together for three years at this point they've really been together since they were kids and there's something really tragic in the storyline of two kids who have been together for three years which is a long time when you're a teenager getting to this point of just we are we are so far removed from each other at this point and not being able to make that separation until one has really hurt the other um that's all it's just I find it a really compelling story I love that I love it it's a great Yeah, I think that you are entirely right, and I'm right there with you. Um, A quick explanatory comma for those of you who don't know what Hotep is. I took a second to look it up on Urban Dictionary to read a uh, 
generalized uh, definition. So Hotep, an Afrocentric brother, usually insecure, who claims to be quote unquote woke, but actually isn't. Unless you're a straight black man in a Hotep size, you're responsible for the destruction of quote unquote the black community. That's a Hotep. There it is. Often portrayed in uh, shows like A Different World uh, from the early 90s as like these guys wearing dashikis and like very African hats uh, and who talk about the importance of the black family and all that. Um, but it is true that it's it's uh, definitely a concept that is very misogynistic, very homophobic yes. as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, side note. Did you see Jadena's really wonderful like radio interview where he talked about uh, he just addresses the idea that like being gay is a white concept and and just like unpacks a lot of history and it's really really beautifully done i have not but need to check that out because also every time jadena opens his mouth i just want to shove my tongue in it (laughs) (laughs) tepper's giving massive snaps right now uh so for those who don't know jadena is an incredible singer slash actor slash dreamboat um he's just so fine um definitely can get it so hard <laughs> <laughs> we started talking about Janana and now i can't function well no i totally <laughs> get i'm done it. for the day uh, I've actually, I brought it up to my girlfriend a couple of times. I was like, so just so you know, if ever we decide to have a child, perhaps we can send a DM to Jadena and be like, hello, will you father uh, my, my offspring? Um, and she was like, no. Uh, <laughs> she was like, no. Anonymous wow, way harsh. <laughs> super harsh. But she also acknowledged that this man is fine. Fine. Oh, God. I mean, he's just like... <laughs> Yep. Just there, no flaws. There are no flaws. None. There are none. I none. like. Oh. Damn. Also, his music is great. Um, his, yeah, his music is superb. His uh. dance moves. Uh, I currently have goosebumps talking, uh, just thinking about them, honestly, and I can't describe them. So check out his Instagram. And uh, if you meet him or know him, tell him that Tefer and I love him so much. Thank I'm you. Like, oh. Now back to Slay by Brittany so. Morris. <laughs> um, so I had picked this originally because in a lot of uh, descriptions, this was described as a thriller. So I was like, let's do it. Spooky month. Let's let's jump in and try something completely different. And um, this is not a traditional horror. Uh, there's elements of fantasy, obviously, because we are partially living in a VR game. Um, but there is also this portion of horror that comes from the social elements in the book. There's there's plenty of horrible stuff in it. <laughs> you know, so it's like a different take on horror. There's mm-hmm. definitely a, a thriller component to it because it is like there is an element of a whodunit. Uh, there's a murder that needs to be solved. And there's some threats and all that. But um, yeah, don't necessarily approach this book thinking like it's going to be spooky and kind of creep me out. It's more likely going to teach you a lot of things about the complexities of uh, African-American culture. So I have never played a virtual reality game. Neither have I. Are they the things the youths are doing? (laughs) 
<laughs> I would like to say yes, but I feel like I'm speaking out of my butt. This made it seem very much like VR is just a thing the youths do. <coughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I also- guess it is in Seattle. Uh, or in yes. Bellevue, which is across the lake from Seattle. So maybe there's a little more Perhaps. tech going down there. Um, but I, I in my head, VR is still very much like some magical thing. And this made it <laughs> seem like maybe I'm a little older than I thought. Same. Um, and also, the con- like, I'm not a gamer. And I definitely am curious about how gamers feel. So if you are a gamer um, and a listener of the yeah podcast please send us your thoughts we're curious um but it i think what's fun about it is that the game isn't so much of a like i am an orc running through the woods and smashing people with a hammer of sorts and meeting trolls under the bridge um that is what i imagine video games to be like past tetris um (laughs) Yeah, so um, it's very much of a card game. It's kind of like Yu-Gi-Oh-y. It, it seems kind of like like maybe like Dungeons and Dragons, except you're in virtual reality. Yeah. I am just learning about Dungeons and Dragons. I totally want to play Dungeons and Dragons. I feel like I missed the boat when I was a kid. And let's I make that happen. Yes. I think we have the setup. Let's let's make this happen because I also want to. Yeah, um, learn how to play Dungeons and Dragons. Also, because I feel like I missed out on a, I have a cultural gap. Yeah, um, I'm in school now, and I'm in school with a bunch of people who are like not that much younger than me, but just younger than me enough that I just like frequently feel lost and out of touch. Same. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Not easy. Yeah, and not I'm just easy. like I wanna learn things. Well, and also like I think we live in a Stranger Things world, also where that became cool again this idea of like hanging out in a basement and doing a D campaign uh for an entire afternoon yeah. and evening and going into the night and i love the creativity like i yeah. think i was a bit stunted as a teen and wanted to be cool and uh you know kind of sidetrack the idea that being creative and uh counting things and expanding our minds could be fun i tended to be on the side of like oh it's a 20-sided dice boo um, i i had sucks i had no idea that DD was so creative i had no idea that it was like a storytelling platform exactly i i really like i don't know what i thought it was i thought it was like i don't know playing monopoly in costumes like and it's a a completely different thing Absolutely. So, so um, if we ever offended anyone who played D&D when we were young, we're sorry. And um, please teach us how to play now. And uh, um, yeah. I was a giant dork in high school, so I really doubt that I made anybody feel bad about gaming. But um, yeah, I, I was, I, I was definitely I was definitely shitty to people about other things. Same. Same. <laughs> there are some skeletons in my closet. I was not as lovely as I am today or present as today isn't it nice that we don't have to stay teenagers you could not pay me enough money to go back and be 15 again oh god no thank you uh-uh. Not I remember. Interested. I remember teachers telling me, like, just hang in there. Everything's going to be better when once you're like in university. And I was like, I don't believe that. And it's absolutely true. Everything is so much better. It really is. And then the older you get, and then you hit your thirties, and then all of a sudden you're like, damn, this is fun. Nice. No one knows what they're doing. 
everyone is pretending. And you know what? It's great. Because yeah. we all mess up. But it's kind of okay. I'm, I'm coming close to 30 now and like starting to move into that stage of life. And it's, it's real nice. I like it. It's, so it's really different going back to school once you have a completely different perspective on adults. It's like... Uh, just like just like being in class and being like, wow, I'm not afraid of my professor at all. Like, <laughs> this is just a person. Yeah, this is a person who's going to like who I am paying money to give me knowledge. Cool. Oh, yeah. No, seriously, thirties, the bomb. Yeah. So good. God, and by the time I'm forty, my kids are gonna be like grown. That's pretty cool. I'm so excited. My guess is I'm going to start having kids at 40, which is actually not that far away and kind of scary when I think about it too much. There's like, but there's like two ways to do it, right? You either like don't have kids early and you have fun early or like have kids early and then have fun when you're like more grown up. Yeah. Yeah. There's no right way. Yeah. It's pretty nice. I didn't have kids young on purpose, but like now I'm like, okay, no, this is okay. I'm going to like, I'm going to like have some years to do some fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. As long as I figure out how birth control works this time. (laughs) Sorry. I didn't mean to cackle. It really just came out all by itself. I I get it. I'm sorry. Um, So Slay by by Brittany uh, Morris. Which we love. We love this book. Okay. Here's the hard thing about this book. There are things that I want to say about this story that I cannot because it will spoil yeah. the story. So all I will say is read it till the end and yes. enjoy the fact that we get a really good plot twist. There's a great plot twist. It's smart. It's fun. I was thinking about like if I were reading this when I was 16, 17, my mind would have been blown. Um I I can't say more. That's it. This is when we don't want to spoil. No. Like, normally we just say, eh, spoilers, deal with it. It just came out. And it it keeps you guessing all the way to the end. Yes. And it's just not fair to spoil it this early. Um, It is so good. I do want to spend some time talking about the structure, though, because I think we can talk about that without spoiling it. Absolutely. I finished this book, and I think I have never read a book like this. And I've read a lot of books, but you like have. this one, structurally, format-wise, surprised me. There's something about dipping in and out of virtual reality that kind of does the time travel thing mm-hmm. that something like Outlander does, but does it in a much quicker, um, more fast pace, like more way. fast pace. So, so you know, you can be in this other world for an hour or two, and then there are repercussions in the real world, and it's really cool um seeing people play with avatars seeing we get little vignettes about how people's avatars affect their personality and how their personalities affect their avatars um there are little vignettes about uh extra characters who just kind of pop in and out the character of claire is so wonderful or cicada or yeah that's not a spoiler i think that's established pretty early on Yeah. yeah um who is a um black French Italian girl and I loved having a window into how fucking racist France is because France is so racist oh it's pretty which bad. I will say boldly because I have French family and they are so racist um, <laughs> I, and there's just 
the the window on kind of the diaspora rather than just uh, black American culture is really cool, yeah. especially for me as somebody who like I'm sure it's especially cool for other people in other ways. But like I, I have very little insight into black culture and it's very cool to like get a broader um view that yes yeah definitely makes it palatable and it was fun because as a black reader I found myself very well represented in this Mm. it's a lot of talk about being black enough code switching um the fact that Kira is both in a an uppity private school um where she has to present in a certain way can't be too loud can't be too bold can't have too many opinions because you have to conform and you know that you know, unfortunately, it still sticks the idea of you got to work twice as hard to get half as much. But then in this virtual world that she creates, which I find is very humanized, which is something that I'm not used to. Um, in this virtual world, she gets to be this like version of herself who can, um, you know, speak African-American vernacular English and who can uh, make certain jokes and who and I get that it might not be accessible to readers who aren't necessarily black, but it's a really nice peek. Put yourselves in our shoes for a minute. I've been reading about white people my entire life. And sometimes I'm like, wow, some of y'all don't season your food. And sometimes, uh, you know, and, and sometimes I'm like, oh, cool. Like, I don't have any relation to wasp the waspy kind of uh, culture. And it's really interesting to read about yeah. that. But Put yourselves in our shoes and come and discover a little bit about what it is that we're thinking. And it's not easy. It's not, there's no sugarcoating of anything. Yeah. It's It sucks at times. And and while we're a beautiful community, it's a tough community. And I like that this book doesn't shy away from those issues. You know, the implications of, of being very militant, the implications of having a lot of opinions and feeling a certain way about the community is not always shared universally, right? We are not a monolith. Just so you know, let that sink in. We are not all the same. Pause for effect. All right. <laughs> um, I think um, I really, really appreciated Kira approaching the the issue of making her game accessible to people all over the world. And, you know, that's, that's something I certainly wouldn't have thought of. Um, but it's really neat that you have, you know, Fufu, which some people absolutely know what it is. And, um, you know, that one, Auntie's Mashed Potatoes. Like, there's just these different things that she's playing with, with which I learned about Fufu, I knew about. But, like, learning about yes. this through the book was neat. And just seeing that diversity was really neat. Um, I know as a white reader, it... You know, I have talked a lot with people about cultural appropriation. I have a pretty firm no cultural appropriation stance, but I'm always trying to figure out how that looks in my life, Um, especially around things like language, things like pop culture references, memes, you know, um, and I usually take a safe but like better safe than sorry approach. But it really helped me understand and respect what it means to say, yes, this phrase is ours, Mm. because being able to see the kind of joy and community built around those things and to really really recognize like oh yeah that's not mine that doesn't that I don't like have a right to that 
um, something I kind of knew in theory, but it really helped it drive it home for me of just like, oh yeah, no, this is what that looks like. This is what this whole world looks like. And like, when I look at this whole world, it's like, oh yeah, obviously that's not mine. Clearly that's not mine. Yeah. Um, And it's nice sometimes to say that's not mine, but that's cool. Yeah. It's super cool. It's super, super cool. Um, That's how I feel when I go apple picking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I said that yeah very enthusiastically before I registered what you said. Uh, um, but it's you know it's a way I can feel in other cultures too yeah, exactly it's just really interesting to kind of then look at myself and be like okay but why did I like think that I had a right to this then if I wouldn't have necessarily with something else I'm doing some serious preach hands <laughs> because yeah everyone yeah. gets to feel this way yeah. in a bunch of different contexts and um and we can talk about code switching I think that's really important right and principle of code switching is really about adapting the way that you act and speak and hold yourself and hold space for others uh, depending on the context so an example uh, that is very relatable if we've got folks listening in who are from Quebec SBR um, between the French and the English world as someone who's bilingual I my tone is not the same when I'm in my French circles versus when I'm in my English circles. The topics aren't the same. The humor isn't the same. So I hold myself differently, right? And it's the same when I'm in an academic setting versus, uh, you know, sitting in front of in, sitting in front of a mic with Tefer uh, or hanging out at home uh, in my pajamas watching Grey's Anatomy, um, which is all I do. Yes. There's a new season of Netflix. Yes, there's a new season of Netflix. (laughs) I have not done much schoolwork this week. (laughs) Let's be honest. Um, No, that's it. So um, it's it's nice to talk about code switching and to see it happen in the book. Um, And the fact that the... Yeah, it it allows me to bring back this idea of the humanity of the game. Um, in books like in, in books that talk about virtual reality, I think um, Ready Player One is a great example um, where you know people their lives intersect constantly between reality and the virtual world. It's nice when that virtual world is not just ones and zeros and yeah. not just like kill or be killed. Um, and the idea of this space um, of this game Slay being just such a place where people can take a load off is so fun like I was like I kind of want to go there like I would play yeah I would play murder excluded obviously um but I'd play this game well I mean the neat thing with the murder is that ultimately it becomes such a small point because she just makes one small change to the game right like um yeah 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 um and it's cool and there is definitely a part of me that hopes that this inspires um, some other platforms to emerge on the internets, please. And please make them easily accessible so that people in their mid-30s cough me, cough, uh, can find them. Uh, Not something that's wholly inaccessible. That's my little rallying cry. Please, someone build this game. Please, 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 please. Please, please. Maybe Brittany Morris. I hope so. Yeah. Um, it also made me think, um, are you a Black Mirror fan? 
I have not watched it yet. Mm. This is something that my my basically every single week my script writing prof brings up Black Mirror and I'm just like I still have not watched that because I haven't the thing is that I haven't watched a lot of TV. I'm like not a voracious TV consumer and a I, parent. Well, that's why. It's cuz I'm a parent. It's like I used to when I <sighs> Let me think like two years ago I was kind of catching up on TV and I'm realizing how important culturally TV is and that like like it's something I want to be educated in it's something I want to know a lot of uh but then I had another baby and now I just <laughs> and now I'm in school and it's not happening anyway Black Mirror have not watched it's on my list continue yeah it's really great and um, there's an episode called San Junipero which uh I recommend to everyone because uh see it's pretty much the only episode of black mirror i've watched because i am a big chicken um i'm very scared of, oh is it scary no the sand well black no, mirror in black itself mirror scary? yes Ooh, um okay. because it's a lot about like alternate reality but there's an interesting like looming apocalypse at all times okay. but it's so close to our reality that it's like it just makes you very uncomfortable i'm just such an anxious person yeah um but the san junipero episode it's like an hour and it's worth it okay it's about um and like it's been out for a while so i'm not spoiling this um it's about basically people at the end of their life being able to upload themselves into a video game and they can choose um the uh the era that they're in uh yeah it's and it's visually stunning uh and it's super interesting because it's like your younger self basically or your ideal self in this world and you can make friends and all that and you can go on quests but your time is very limited in the space and uh you know you have to find your friends all over again at the end of uh your time limit and it made me think of this universe, right? It's beautiful. It's people are having fun. People are able to go back to the era that was most important to them. And in that particular episode, I think the 80s plays a really big role. And it's about being able to be yourself completely. And I can't speak enough about the importance of that mm -hmm. being brought back forward in all forms of media and everywhere basically because we're so calculated right we have no choice but to be so calculated on instagram i have to look like a foodie and a person who is kind when in reality like i am definitely a foodie but my my kitchen is a mess um I, my hair i look like a troll when i wake up and like a cute troll but a, a troll a nonetheless cute, yeah thank yeah. you um but yeah no so like this ability to be ourselves and to own it and to be okay with being imperfect and to to find that area and that zone mm -hmm. that makes us feel good. I like that about like how video games are being portrayed. I don't know yeah. if that's anywhere near reality because I know nothing about video games. I mean, I don't know about video games, but I'm, I'm <laughs> studying communication. So we talk a lot about social media, sometimes like an exhausting amount about social media, sometimes it's just the same point about social media repeated over and over and over and over for an entire hour but sometimes we have really interesting conversations and um, one of the things that kind of came up in a discussion a little while ago is how social media provides the potential for avatars and how important avatars are for especially marginalized people who cannot um, express themselves fully and like like in their day-to-day -day life so I mean I think always about like trans and queer youth who don't have a community that's affirming um, 
But it's just such an important element that so often gets lost when people talk about digital realities. When people talk about digital realities, they hop straight to people aren't engaging with their surroundings, people aren't actually living, everybody's getting brainwashed, there's school shootings because of video games, there's, you know, nobody's making friends because of social media, and it's just kind of always like, like, how do you think I keep in touch with my friends? I am a very busy parent of two children, like the way I keep in touch with my friends is through chats on various apps. Like, but but more importantly, you know, I have friends on Twitter who I've never met in real life. And like, I know when I chat with them, um, for a few of them, they live a life on Twitter that they can't live in their day to day. And that's so important. And avatars and social media are important. They provide a service that did not exist previously or did not exist with this with the same low level of risk you know you would have things like bars where you could go but um it's just it's cool and it's important and I like seeing it portrayed really positively and really celebrated and we even get the window into we had a brief little window into a trans kid who uses the game to to be herself yes I love that so much <sighs> yeah yeah <sighs> Oh, and the detail of her being a mermaid was so great. That's like um, like when I read a lot about trans youth and that's a thing like with little trans kids a lot of the time there's a real uh, draw towards mermaids because they're half one thing, half another and like kind of living two worlds and there's like a self-recognition. Anyway, it's cool. That's I loved that moment in yes. the book so much. Brittany Morris, <laughs> if you were listening to this, I hope that you know that Tefra and I, we want to hug you because so much. this is... This is a great book. I, I think I'm probably going to send her an email, like, real soon. Cool, 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 yeah. cool, cool. Cool, cool. Please don't hate me in advance because I'm nerdy and dorky on this podcast. Patty, I can't you. imagine anybody hating you. You'd be surprised. Well, uh. like, 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 like anybody meeting you in this context, anyway. Fair. <laughs> I have my moments, like everyone, I'm imperfect. <laughs> this is going to make a fantastic movie. Yes. Slay the movie better be out in theaters in like 2022 uh no 2020 they they had that turnaround with the hate you give fair enough 2020 yeah. <laughs> um i cannot wait to see what they can make with this book i'm hoping for some stellar casting and had a couple of ideas in mind would you like to hear i would like to hear cool in the role of Kira, one Marci Martin, who, uh, if you watch the show Blackish, um, you will know her as Diane, the like cutthroat, um, serpent-tongued child uh, who, through the seasons, be- blossoms into this like you know cutthroat serpent-tongued teen um who's gorgeous and uh wears glasses and is also brilliant like i think she's like 16 17 and this kid is she's smart yeah she's real smart um yeah right yeah i just i just googled her um and yes i see it absolutely she would make a great one in the role of one martin uh martin oh my god come on you just said marseille martin yeah that's exactly Um, um, malcolm malcolm This is hard to say without spoiling. Um, Okay. I would like to see a young Michael B. Jordan in that role. There. I said it. I can see it, but you'd have to definitely have to make him younger. Yes. Absolutely. I'm also not in the loop enough with with young actors. 
years. I know, I know. I'm trying to think, and I'm just like, oh, this guy. No, he's old. No, oh no, he's old. Oh no, he's old. Yeah, yeah. But also Michael B. Dor- Michael B. Jordan. A uh, yum. Yeah. Uh, tasty morsel. Yeah. Um, Steph. Anyone from like uh, the actress who plays Coco in. In uh, well, you know, in uh, dear white people, dear white people, sorry, my no. brain is getting a little wibbly wobbly. Um, would be incredible. Uh-huh. I think she'd be great. Uh-huh. I think it's just the hair, uh, to be honest, but also the way that she whips herself around in dear white people. Yeah. Um, every time she gets like she storms off, she just like whips herself around, and I feel like she could like put people in place correctly. Once again. She's too old for the role. I don't care. Really, all I want is like this glorious, glorious, glorious book to be turned into a movie. Yeah, I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's a young one somewhere. Yeah. She really does have the look, eh? Right. She's so pretty. She's gorgeous. Can we? Everybody on Dear White People is so pretty. It's ridiculous. God, like, like just what a collection of beautiful people. Come on. Jeez. Can you just say the actress's name because I completely forgot I it and um, I feel like a horrible human. I can find. It. Thank you. Please hold. La, la, la. Antoinette Robertson. Thank you very much. Um, and then uh, in the role of uh, Chikata, the yeah. French, yeah. Uh, and Amanda Stenberg would be great. Yeah. I think that she would be amazing. I can see her. I can also see, did you watch um, Sex Education? Yes. Uh, Ola? Yeah. It's really hard to find her actress name, Patricia something. Um. Oh my god. But gosh. she I love her. She's my she's my like cur- current actress obsession. Mm-hmm. Um Patricia Allison. I could see her oh, she'd being be great. being good. Yeah. She'd be great. Yeah. Oh, she'd be so great. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So see, there are more than enough Utes to make this movie. Someone please make this happen. Yeah, absolutely. Please yeah, do it. Do it. It's going to be so good. Do it. It's going to be so fun. Do it. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Especially there's just so much potential for like, I mean, already movies switch in and out of VR and and live action all the time. And it would just be beautiful. Um, It was inspired by Black Panther, by the world of Black Panther, this book. Mm -hmm. So it's already clearly got a very cinematic eye. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then like they could get someone like Janai Guerrero to play her mom and like, Chadwick Boseman would have to be like a recurring person but that's just also because I just want to see Chadwick Boseman uh-huh. everywhere I go because uh-huh. oh boy uh-huh. um, he fine um, uh-huh. he's a tight ageless piece of man um, that I very much appreciate um, yeah basically like the entire cast of Black Panther can just like have supporting roles or just appear to say like hello I am here. Mm-hmm. Or in the VR world, they can be people's avatars and I will be 100% happy. <gasps> I love the idea of having... I love that. I love that idea. Yeah. <gasps> so much. <sighs> so much. I can't wait. And just, you know what? Throw Jadena in there just, just to appease me. Uh, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that goes without saying, mm-hmm. as you heard earlier. <laughs> you can just throw a little Jadena anywhere. Ooh, just put him anywhere. Like on this table right here would be a lovely place for him to live. <laughs> I would spend a lot of time in here. <laughs> oh, boy. Tessa Thompson also could play. Uh, I think she would uh, probably make a really good parent figure as well in this film. 
Yeah, I could see Tessa Thompson as a as a mom. Mm. I'm sorry, Tessa Thompson, if that like upsets you. Why? I don't know. Maybe like sometimes people without kids are like, you can see me as a mom, and then they get upset. But in that, but then we gotta have Janelle Monae somewhere in here. But she'd be a good avatar. I feel like Janelle Monae was just like made to be like the Emerald Avatar. Yes. Yeah. Um, there somewhere, uh, I saw a little uh, shot glass, like vo- a little votive candle. Sorry, shot glass candle. This is how religious <laughs> I am. You know. Um, a little votive candle with an image of Janelle Monae on it, mm. and it's like praying to Saint. Yeah, Janelle. I need a Saint candle with. Janelle. I love it. It's such a great idea. There's also one with Beyonce. Um, yeah. Perhaps I need to build a small altar. You should. In my home. You should. Fun fact, uh, as as I think this is not, I don't think I am unique in this, but I learned about Jadena through Janelle Monae mm. because he was uh, in yoga. Um, Janelle Monae's single, and I saw him in the video and was like, I need to know who this guy is immediately. And I went and bought all of his music and didn't look back. Yes. Yeah. He is also in, in a couple of episodes of Insecure. And, oh yeah, um, oh insecure is season four is filming. I'm very excited. And I feel like we need a, a show where we just talk about TV. Also, oh god, <laughs> I would have a lot of fun there and would do my homework yeah. all the time, <laughs> all the time. Um, cool. Well, um, folks, Slay is a great book. So good. Rent out. So good. Buy it. Buy copies of it for people that you know. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure that Brittany Morris uh, can write more books. Yeah, and yeah. Make throw all money. your money at it. Yeah, throw all your money at it. Buy yeah. yourself a couple of copies. Yeah, yeah. Buy it from an independent bookstore, please. Yeah, so that everyone can make money. Yeah, black-owned bookstore. Ha! Donate a, donate a copy to your local library. That's a wonderful idea. I really like that. I mean, find out how your local library does donations, but like, do it if you can. My mic just. Jumped. Jumped. I saw that. I'm, that might have been my fault. I oh. don't know. I had class this morning, and then I volunteered at my kid's school, and then I came here. And so I'm just kind of like, my head is just full of, like, internship opportunities and running toddlers. <laughs> I guess they're not toddlers anymore by the time they're in kindergarten. They are not. Like, definitely not toddlers. They're children's. They're children. Smelly, boogerful, dirty, loud, fun. So fun. Kids. Yeah. 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 I just, if you ever have an opportunity to watch kindergartners doing a Terry Fox run, it's just like, so Terry Fox run, that's something we do in Canada. It's like a fundraising thing for like research and it honors a guy named Terry Fox who ran across Canada and, um, uh, the, these kindergartners have been excited about it, you know, for two weeks and, uh, they just run laps in the parking lot for 45 <laughs> minutes um, and I just really highly recommend watching kindergartners run laps in a parking lot for 45 minutes. It's it's entertainment. This um, is what I love about children. Yeah. <laughs> you can be like, we're going to run laps in the parking lot. And they'll be like, this is the best thing that has ever happened. We're running yeah. for a cause that I half understand. But we are running and it's important and it's awesome. At the very end, my kid comes up to me and goes, Mom, why do we do the Terry Fox run? (laughs) And I said, you know what? I think that's a great question for your teacher. There you go. (laughs) That's parenting done. Right. All right, folks. Anyway. Thanks for listening to Yeah. If you want to leave us, if you want to leave us feedback, maybe let us know that we're a little scattered in our thought process today. 
We know, but you can still tell oh, us. Yeah. Suggest a book for us to read or just say hi. Send us an email at theyapodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at yapodcast and individually at Tepper Bear and at Cat. Oh, no, you can go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, you can do it. Caddy under double. No, I can't. Caddy double underscore D. Yeah. Um, if you like the show and want to help us make it even better, consider supporting us on Patreon. You can get all kinds of great perks, including early access to bonus content, shout outs, guest appearances, and more. Head to patreon.com slash yeahpodcast to donate. Shout out to our patrons, Catherine Resch, Erica Stutchberry. I did it. You did it. Kat McGuire, Lizzie Tenho, Chantal Thomas, and Matt Deaver. Dever. Dever? Yeah. Damn! Right. But Mason Deaver was the author that oh. we read, and so it's, yeah. We have merch. Yay. It's really nice merch. You should definitely check out our merch by hitting the merch link in the description of this episode and getting some from the fine folks over at Tee Public. You can also support us for free by leaving a rating and review on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts. Hit those five stars, please. And by sharing this episode with a friend. Uh, really, with anyone. I want everyone to hear about this. Everybody. Book. Yeah. Everyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Special thanks to Great Bear for letting us use their song Jenny's Groove as our theme music. You can find their music for sale at greatbearmusic.bandcamp.com. This episode was produced by Tefra Jemian, that's you, and edited by Tom Zlatni, that's Tom, as part of the Upper Network. You can find out all about the great shows on our network at upwardnetwork.com. Bye! Bye! Hey, I'm Aaron Lakoff, host of Changing on the Fly, a brand new podcast on the Upgrade Network. Changing on the Fly is a podcast that dives deep into the intersections between hockey and social justice. We take on issues of sexism, racism, and homophobia on the ice. You'll hear from athletes, activists, fans, scholars, and even musicians who love hockey but want to keep the jerks out of the game. Think Colin Kaepernick or Serena Williams, with skates and less teeth. It's your perfect antidote to Don Cherry and Coach's Corner. Hey Don, what do you think of changing on the fly? Not the left-wing pinkle media, bleeding hearts guys. What are you, nuts? Anyways, you can find Changing on the Fly wherever you get your podcasts or visit us online at changingontheflypodcast.wordpress.com. Hi, I'm Howard Mitnick, host of Gateway Music. Join me as I talk with people about the artists and albums that changed their lives and about the artists and albums that changed mine. Available on the Upford Network and wherever you get your podcasts.